Welcome to the first episode of We're Getting a Dog. Hey everyone, how's it going? I'm Wesley. I'm Dylan. And uh, today's first episode is going to be about Pomeranians. Pomeranians. All about how I want a Pomeranian. Yeah. I grew up with a Pomeranian. He has to convince me to get a Pomeranian with him. Oh, I have to? Oh, okay. (laughs) Isn't that what we're doing? I didn't know I had to. Well, no pressure, but... Well, I will. Okay. Just watch this. Uh, that's, that's way too many Pomeranians. Well, that's the amount that I want. So <laughs> We can negotiate down from this many, but this, this is, is the amount like, that I want. Okay, for those of you listening, there's like 15 Pomeranians <laughs> on the screen. Like, like a South African Pomeranian breeder. Oh, South African. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, cool. I, I'd also like to move to South Africa. That was a good time to tell you. <laughs> of this exact variety. So we're going to start off talking about Pomeranian history. Right nice. now we're going to start going way back to the way very beginning. Way back to the a very good place to start. <laughs> In the beginning, to. there were wolves. Ah, yes. Wolves. <laughs> These wolves hunted in large numbers across Asia, Europe, and North America. For hundreds of thousands of years, wolves were the apex predator of the Northern Hemisphere. Right. Okay. Then about 50,000 years ago, some humans left Africa. These humans hunted alongside wolves, often after the same prey. Mm-hmm. And then we don't know how or why, but at some point, humans and wolves started working together. Okay. It's a little bit mysterious, that early in human history. I wonder if there was some kind of like, um, just like tribal person, I don't know, like a, a non-developed, like advanced human that maybe like just befriended one maybe there was like not as a yeah. ferocious of one and that starts somewhere which is the weirdest thing to think yeah it should be a first wolf human relationship yeah and that always strikes me as strange anyway just because it's like this is like one of the most powerful and deadly animals on the planet yeah and the top predator and somehow the humans just came up to challenge him and somehow yeah became friends exactly and then somehow that's grown into these like hundreds of different kinds of breeds yeah. of dogs like so it, like it's theorized that um that the smaller and more docile wolves were the ones to approach humans first for sure that makes like, sense having trouble getting food with other wolves right and hunts and just like wolves can be very aggressive <laughs> once they get a kill sure that makes sense you know they invented the art of begging and had a lot of success I mean, it works that, to this day. It, it works to this day. Yeah, any any dog can attest. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I don't give in with begging though. I'm real. I'm kind of a toughie with my dogs at home. I don't. <laughs> well, not give human in. food, but well, no. But I'll still give them treats give up the wazoo. Treats <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we've gotten to. So wolves have sort of now adapted into like the primitive dog, basically. Oh yeah, beginning to, and then they just. Well, at the beginning, they were probably just wolves that. You know, liked humans and figured yeah. they were a good way to get food. That makes sense. And then they just thrived and multiplied. And then dogs became the best thing for humans since fire. Dogs followed us as we spread across the world and then became more and more dog-like gradually. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then we learned that they're, they're extremely adaptable to different climates. That Yeah. So as people moved north, yeah. like up to Siberia, wearing thicker and thicker clothes, dogs got thicker and thicker fur. So, okay. like, the Samoyed is a big, white, fluffy dog. Yeah. Used for herding and pulling sleds in Siberia as long as 3,000 years ago. Wow. And it's the oldest known cousin to the Pomeranian. Oh, very nice. And, uh, Samoyeds are usually about 20 inches tall, 40 to 60 pounds. And we have a little video here. Ooh, I'm excited. Let's see. Bring. Aww. Oh, yes. Like a big Pomeranian. Pretty much. Big all white. I love that it's sitting in a tub of ice. And there's the Pomeranian. (laughs) It must be very hot where they are for a dog to just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to hang out here in this ice. Samoyeds are from Siberia. I suppose. They're both like thick coated spitz dogs. Oh, they're very cute. Oh, yeah. You can see what their faces. Yeah, they do. Pointy ears they do and... look very much like they have come out of the the same family. Oh yeah, for sure. They're both Spitzes, which is Spitz is just German for sharp point, and it's just a type of dog characterized by thick fur, pointy ears, and pointy muzzles. And they just come from northern, colder areas. Okay. 
So these fluffy work dogs spread west, coming to an area comprised of modern-day Germany and Poland. Then, or in like the 17th century, and for a while, it was known as Pomerania. Oh, well, there's the name. And it's uh, <laughs> comes from a Slavic word, Pomern, meaning along the sea. Okay. So initially, the Pomeranians were bred to about 30 to 40 pounds, so closer to the Samoyed size. So yeah, so they weren't toy dogs when they first oh, no, came up. No, not at all. They were okay. more medium-sized. Okay. That's kind of what I would almost prefer them to be anyway. <laughs> well, you know, there's German spitzes and there's yeah. a lot of bigger things, bigger dogs that look like Pomeranians. Yeah, that's something I've noticed a lot is that there are a lot of kind of like big, fluffy, wolf-like looking dogs. But oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense that that would kind of be a the dominant Samoyed, the Kaysen. Yeah, the K- I do like the Kaysen. That's Very another cute. episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, little is known about the breeding of Pomeranians uh, until they made their way to England in 1761. It's always England. That it's always England. Well, they keep, they keep good records of their dogs for some reason. They, they sure do. That's for sure. So uh, Charlotte from the Duchy of Muckl- Mucklenburg, a German province near Pomerania, uh, was to marry George III and be made Queen of England. Ah, yes. So di- she brought several Pomeranians with her. Diplomatic Pomeranian marriage. Yes. <laughs> and she started the royal tradition of giving Pomeranians out as gifts. Oh, gosh. Okay, were they still 30 to 40 pounds at this point? Like, is the evidence saying that they're not toy breeds yet? Or uh, English breeders actually started to bring the size down to about 20 pounds. Okay, I was going to say, like, a 40-pound dog is a giant <laughs> gift. I'm so, like... yeah, they quickly started uh, getting them smaller. I don't know why. British people, I guess, like smaller dogs. I, You know, that's one thing I see a lot, though, with um, dogs. Like, if there's a possibility to miniaturize it, it almost makes it, like... I wonder if it was a thing of like it made it able to have in the home. I feel like that's a thing with royalty. They always want smaller and smaller dogs. Yeah. And you have to to think too. hang out in their like robe pockets. It's kind of their posse. Yeah. It's like, you know, the royalty, they, they didn't own farms necessarily. They didn't get to really have dogs as an occupational breed. Yeah. They didn't work dogs. Yeah. No. So I wonder if it was really just a matter of like. If you're the king, you don't want to be running around with a dog. No, but you still want one to come home to. Yeah. So. So anyway, we get to we to come home. We get to yeah, that's about right. So then, in 1888, Pomeranians really took off when Queen Victoria came back from a trip to Italy. Okay. So uh, the story is that she came back from Italy with a bunch of toy Pomeranians, and it started this tiny palm craze. But that's not exactly true. Okay. Because Italy had no Pomeranians at this time. Okay. So. Queen Victoria brought back a group of Volpino Italianos. Whoopsie. Which is a different breed. We got a picture of that. In the... Volpino Italiano. There we go. Oh, it looks very much like a bigger palm. <laughs> yeah. I would say. Yeah, they're more like around 12 pounds, which yeah. uh, was a little bit smaller than the Pomeranians of England at the time, but a little bit bigger than the Pomeranians we know today. For sure. So, like, she brought back Volpino Italianos, and everyone thought, ooh, they got so much smaller. The queen has small Pomeranians. I want a small Pomeranian. So, did the Volpino Italiano gain popularity, like, as a Pomeranian? Basically. Okay. Uh, I mean, so she brought back a bunch of different dogs. Okay. And uh, they all became, you know, famous in their own ways. Yeah. She brought back dozens, having up to 35 at a time. Good Lord. Like Gina, Beppo, Lena, Zila, and her favorite was Marco. Oh, I believe we have a yes photo of Marco photo as well. Marco as Beautiful well. painting by Charles Burton Barber. Ooh, from 1893. That's very nice, actually. Very caramely. And there's a quote from the Daily Mail from 1894. The Queen has a favorite among the dogs, and some of them become jealous of the attention she pays to others. Among those she likes best is one named Marco. This is said to be the finest bitch dog in all of England. It has taken a number of prizes. So so the queen brings her dog to a dog show. Like just, the judges aren't going to pick the queen's dog. I just want to point out for our listeners that um, Dylan did that accent by himself. We did not have someone do that. <laughs> um, and also the, the dog he's describing, I forgot we have to give you all a description. It is a Pomeranian looking dog. But it has a very, like, shiny caramel coat. Yes. Volpino Italianos are usually white, but then rarely they can come in different colors as well. For sure. So, okay. So the queen has entered a dog into the dog show. And 
it has become popular. Oh, yes. Extremely popular dog. Sure. Marco became the most popular Pomeranian in history of Pomeranians this time. Oh, and wow. he came from Italy. That's... <laughs> it's like... And so basically, he, she brought back a bunch of... Marco is about 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so she brought back these smaller Pomeranians. And breeders quickly wanted shrinking Pomeranians even more. So within a few decades, Pomeranians went from 30 to 40 pounds to like three to seven pounds. That's that's dramatic. That's very dramatic, I feel like. I guess take... in England, they were around 20 for a while. So yeah, because okay. certain breeds, they try to downsize them and come into a lot of problems. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they do. I mean, well, the thing with Poms, too, is that there. I feel like there's a lot of breeds that have the bearing resemblance to a Palm if they're a small, like a small, fluffy dog. So I wonder if there was a lot of a lot more options to downsize the yeah. breed. With. I feel like you know in you know in the early days of breeds, I don't think people were that stringent on is it really a pomerate? Like does yeah, it have papers? That, if it's the nineteenth century, too. like no one's really keeping track. Any like tiny Spitz dog, it's like oh a pomeranian. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I didn't think of it that way. I kind of forget too that it's only been within the last yeah, maybe the, the American years. Kennel Club actually started eighteen eighty nine, the year after Queen Victoria brought back. Palms. Palms. Well, Filipino Italians called them Pomeranians. Yeah. So, and even then, um, the AKC and a lot of other clubs had a lot of struggle at the beginning to to find funding as far as like staying on the path as an organization that would kind of categorize and um, organize dogs. Plus, the AKC would like change their mind a lot from the beginning. But yeah, they really started smaller too, with like less numbers of breeds. Yeah, I noticed that. And I feel like there were less classes at the beginning, too. Like, there weren't as many groups of, ha- of yeah, there breeds. Was, Pomeranians were in the miscellaneous class at first. Yeah, which... what <laughs> are now the, they're toys. They're toys. Okay, I thought they were terriers for some reason. No, not terriers. Spits. Okay. And then, uh, so once... Actually, Queen Victoria started her own kennel. Okay. To personally start shrinking Pomeranians with the very Volpino Italiana she brought back. So that in turn then would make me think that they started mass producing this dog. Oh yeah. I mean, everyone in England wanted one and it became an international success and quickly Pomeranians became how big we know them today. Yeah. They definitely are of quite popular breed. I see. I I think they're like top 30 in the U S that would make sense. I feel like they're kind of the quintessential lap dog. Like if you, if you think of a little dog, didn't love sitting on laps. She always like sit next to you or at your feet. I feel like that's another thing that small dogs can do if they if they're not necessarily like sitting on people will always be kind of like burrowed in near you. Yeah. So. Well, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then in uh, 1988, another event occurred, which really thrust Pomeranians into the spotlight. So we're jumping forward like a full century (laughs) at this point. Okay. And I believe we have important history. We have a the the reasoning behind this is given to us by Dylan's mom. Yes, Dawn. I talked to my mom yesterday and talked about why we got a Pomeranian when I was a kid. Um, because I saw it win the Westminster Dog Show in 1988, Little Prince Charming, and it was the cutest mm-hmm. little freaking little orange little thing. It was just the cutest thing. Get a picture of it, put it in your thing. It's he oh, yeah, was like just so uh, he was just so adorable. And so, you know, it's like, <laughs> and so I got McDuff, who was a teacup poodle, because I wanted an apricot poodle, because I figured it was the closest thing I could afford at the time, right. because Pomeranians are going to be very expensive. They just won the Westminster Dog Show. Oh. And I can only find a black poodle. Wait, when did you get and McDuff? Boy. McDuff I got fairly soon after the Westminster Dog Show. Oh, so that was like the late 80s? Yes. Oh, okay, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we found Zelda on Craigslist. So his full name was McDuff McDougal McDog. Wow. But anyway, we did not have as creative of names for that as yeah. Speaking of long names, this is Great Elms Prince Charming the Second. Ooh, is this so? This is the dog that won the 1988 show. Yes. Wow, she's pretty. <laughs> Here he is winning the toy group. He went on to win the whole thing. Much deserved. What a stretch. Oh, wow. 
Yay, celebration. Oh, such a cute little dog. I feel like Pomeranians are always looking around like they just won something. Well, there's a lot to look at from their perspective. I mean, they're only like eight inches off the ground. Like, <laughs> it's true, but they're so happy. But other dog, other small dogs look scared a lot of the time. Yeah, I always feel like crash. Yeah, I always feel like palms. You're like, what's going on? I gotta, yeah, huh? Huh? yeah I huh? gotta figure huh? all this out. Free stuff. <laughs> all right. Um, Very cute. We'll talk about the Pomeranian's appearance. All righty. Which is often uh, called a ball of fluff. Yeah. That's that's accurate. For as long as, yeah, they've been around England. For sure. Been called balls of fluff. Everyone that ever met Zelda would pretty much just say ball of fluff, unprompted. <laughs> so they look like cotton balls come to life. They're like a lazy sketch of a dog. Just like a cotton ball with a little face drawn on it. I always feel like if I if I'm in like a coloring book because I you know I'm twenty almost twenty seven and I still color. Um, it, it, I always feel like the dog you're gonna come upon is gonna be a palm because there's lots of places to fill in, <laughs> and it's also like it fills the whole page. <laughs> like, oh yeah, because they're just that fluffy. Just hair to color in. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, they look like tiny spits, which as we talked about, spits breeds, uh, you know, little wolf things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, characterized by long fur. Uh, the first thing you'll notice, though, is that they're very small. Yeah, I mean, they're they look big. Oh, yeah, so they look I, a little bigger. They look like they have they almost look like they're fat and they just have a, like a short fur. Oh, yeah. But we have a Pomeranian expert. Uh, I've got a video of who'll talk about just how small Pomeranians are. OK. Three pounds, which is about the weight of four potatoes. Actually, I think four potatoes weighs less than three pounds, but false. he's basically about ten <laughs> potatoes. So there you have it, folks. Ten potatoes. Why why are potatoes used as a you know <laughs> He's basically about ten potatoes. Pick a vegetable that has some weight to it. Be like he's basically like a cantaloupe. Like <laughs> <laughs> basically about a dozen carrots uh, i feel like it'd be more than a dozen carrots you'd be getting some pretty big carrots at that point so yeah like you were saying pomeranians actually look a little bigger when you're looking at them yeah and they really are oh yeah so they're really like the size of chihuahuas which are six or less pounds sure pomeranians the akc has a they're three to seven pounds officially three pounds yeah it's like an official weight yeah i think he just said his pomeranian was three pounds he was holding yeah but Oh, or man. about 10 potatoes. 10 potatoes. Oh, God. <laughs> there's another video of a Pomeranian getting wet, which you can see just how tiny they are. Sure. Ooh. Hanging out at the beach. You can mute the video, too. Oh, yeah. I think it's still playing. I'll mute it. It's fine. So Going for those of you water. watching, we have a palm that's running... Away from water. And you can already see how scrawny its legs got. <laughs> yeah, so it's just in. jumping in the ocean. And his owner's bringing him back. And good lord, he's so puny. Bones. That is... Oh, man. He looks so like tiny. a little chihuahua that just got yeah. soaking wet. Like, oh. They're very sad when they get wet, too. I would imagine they're probably... Really Zelda, cold. <laughs> Zelda was miserable for hours after. You just have to sit her in fresh towels every few minutes. Oh. <laughs> Hate everything. Poor, poor dog. I feel like they'd get really cold if they were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta hold them. Yeah. So while the breed's standard is three to seven pounds, mm -hmm. uh, it's not exactly true for the average Pomeranian. Okay. So in a survey published... In Pet Palm's giant book of Pomeranian care. I'll, I'll link it. So, yeah. It's a, it's a good book for It Pomeranian is a good book, care, yeah. By the way, for everyone out there listening, um, this is our first episode, so this would be a good time probably to do our disclaimer. Um, we are not pet experts. Oh, yes. We are passionate pet people that wanted to do a podcast. Um, we research all of our episodes very intensely. We do pet blogs, AKC uh, books, any yes. kind of reputable source we can find. But um, just for everyone out there listening, we are not pet experts. Um, this is all information that we have gathered ourselves. Um, and there are bibliographies published with every episode. If you 
want to look at our sources. But anyway, yes. so in the big giant pet book of Pomeranians. Yes, they had a survey where uh, 65% of owners, Pomeranian owners, said their palm was over seven pounds. Are they feeding it too much? And 29% said they were over 10 pounds. See, I'm thinking they're like bigger palms left over from back before, like they shrunk them down so See, much. See, my, my take would be that they are like mixed breeds maybe they're not yeah, I, maybe i feel like too. they might not be purebred palms but there are already so many dogs that look like a pomeranian yeah maybe that's just my thought well anyway there's another question in the survey it's totally different but it asked about the ears of the pomeranian uh-huh. which should be pointed because they're spits which is the akc guideline right 92 so percent of owners said their ears were pointed mm-hmm. but one percent of the 3700 surveyed said that one of their dog's ears is always up and one of their dog's ears is always down. I feel like the Pomeranian's ears aren't big enough to do that. That's like a floppy ear dog thing. It's just the word always that's really throwing me off. Yeah, it's like, it's always like... That can't possibly Frenchy be true. Style. I mean, I've, I, I did research on this specifically because it was so confusing. And apparently it's the thing that can happen with puppies. Because a lot of breeds, puppies start out with floppy ears, but then oh. their ears become pointed. So like well, they go in an in-between phase. That makes sense, though. It probably takes a little bit longer for... Yeah. I found a picture of a puppy that... Okay. Of a different breed. It's not a Pomeranian. One, one ear up and one ear down. Yeah. Stuck like that. Apparently it happens with German Shepherds. Aw, and... cute little, cute little thing. Oh, yeah. That's uh, not. It's not a Pomeranian, though, no. for those of you listening. This no is idea just breed. A, this is like a little white dog with one ear up and one ear down. <laughs> Exactly as adorable as you'd imagine. Though I'd I'd like to see a Pomeranian with it if these people exist. Oh yeah, <laughs> they didn't just accidentally press this thing in a survey for sure. So you might be wondering now, what do Pomeranian puppies look like? We have another video oh, to show you that. Goodness, he's basically about ten potatoes. <laughs> so. <laughs> For those of you listening, there are about 10 palm puppies, which really don't look too much different from the regular Pomeranians. They're just a little bit smaller, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't know a palm puppy from a no, palm. They, no, their head like sinks into their body. It's like they like potatoes. Much more potatoey than yeah, the Pomeranian. They also aren't like fully colored, I feel like yet. They're <laughs> their colors are not yet fully de- developed. And um, one of my favorite things, too, about Pomeranians is their tails. It's very unique and interesting because they fold back under their back mm-hmm. and they kind of disappear in the fur and just leave like a puff of white hair. We have a picture of that, too. Palm tails are... They just end up with like a little racing Aww. striper. Just yeah. Extra palm of color. It's a little Pepe Le Pew looking. Yeah. But for, yeah, for those of you listening, so this is a white and a copper palm and they've got their tails literally curl back like onto their back. Yeah, sort of like a skunk. Yeah, a little bit, but not. (laughs) Well, we have to take a little bit of a break, and then we will be right back finishing up Palm Appearances. Talking about uh, the temperament as well. Sounds good. We are back. All right. Here so, to finish up uh, talking about appearances of yes, the Pomeranian with yes. the different colors. Pomeranian coat can come in orange, white, cream, red, black, blue, chocolate, and beaver, which is a light brown. I was going to say, is that like fawn or it's like a light tan? It's just a beaver. Uh, it's just a beaver. <laughs> so we See, have a the few. river. That's a Pomeranian. They're building a dam. So they can have one, two, or three of these colors in a number of different patterns. So the first one I have here, ooh, is the orange Pomeranian. Oh, yeah, it looks red even in the back. Very yeah. much so. Uh, like white in the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Double. for those, look at that face. So for those of you listening, this is a cute, cute, cute Pomeranian. It's got black whiskers, black eyes, a little bit of white on the face, but it is like Lucille Ball red everywhere <laughs> else. It is gorgeous. And then the next one get a white one. is a white one. So the white palm. Oh, this is a very unfortunate haircut for yeah, this it's Pomeranian. Cut like, a, like a lion's mane. That's a cat haircut. That's not something you give to a dog. It's like a dog that had fleas or surgery. Yikes. Either way, very white palm that looks like a lion. Still cute. 
I guess. <laughs> Scrawny body. Though. So looks this weird. is this is the beaver. Looks kind of like a chihuahua with a wig, actually. The beaver palm. Okay, oh, so looks like a puppy. He looks like almost more like a cream color. He's to blending me. in with the carpet, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a thing. You don't want a beaver colored palm if you have like tan shag carpet. I need a beaver palm to match my beaver carpet. I feel like I'm having an all beaver house. You're gonna step on that dog. Okay, so next is the black palm. Oh, oh definitely a puppy. Very much a puppy. Looks like a little bear. Looks like a kitten I had growing up. Name bear. What? <laughs> that just blew my mind. <laughs> so this pomeranian is cut kind of like the teacup pomeranian that was really really popular a few years ago. I forget what that dog's name was. The cutest dog in the world. Boo? Boo, yes. Oh, we'll talk about Boo later. We'll talk about the most famous palms Ooh. in history. But this this black palm has a haircut like Boo, I'd say. Mm, yeah. Um, Permanent puppy. The next Blue one. just always looked like a puppy. Yeah. Um, the red palm. Oh, yes. Red and white. Maybe orange and white even. I feel like this is more like copper and mm, white almost. Yeah. yeah it's Maybe so a little beaver even. Yeah. So for those of you listening, this is a, a very floofy palm. And it um, has copper and white, kind of like a copper top and a white bottom coat. Yeah. Very, very fluffy, though, for sure. Hides its legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. That's all up for appearance. Oh, wow. Very cute. Next, we're going to talk about the Pomeranian's temperament. Ooh. Pretty temperamental. Actually, they're always very happy and excited. That's I was going to say, everyone says. I always feel like Pomeranians, I, I feel like they look fussy, but in actuality, they're pretty decent yeah. dogs. A lot of the first impressions are barking, so they get that reputation, but yeah. they can be barky at intruders or at first meeting or other dogs, but yeah. they're generally happy. Aww. She's so excited. Come on, then. This, good. this is a 50 Pomeranian meetup. is running around like a oh crazy my person. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> she absolutely loves it. She is by far the maddest out of all of them. Come on. Come on. Very, very up, very bright temperament. Very much so. I love how she kind of. She doesn't um, know what to do. For those of you watching, this palm is a, like a 50 palm meetup. And. This dog is just going crazy. So excited to be around all the other palms. Oh, and it's so funny. Palms, he kind of like hops when he barks. Oh, yeah. I love when the Pomeranians do that. Zelda always did. Just up with the front paws. Yeah. Takes uh, a lot of energy to bark. I suppose when you're that small, too, and you got to get your point across. And they're that loud. Yeah. So uh, they are also known for barking at dogs of absolutely any size. Okay. They do not back down. If anything, uh, they, they do the opposite. I, I feel like this is a plight of many a small dog. Many of them. Really different dogs. They're just barking at each other. They're just barking at each other. So, that, yeah, there's... Here we go. <laughs> that dog is... Okay. Yawning. Yeah, so this little palm is barking at, like... Is that, like, a Doberman or a German Shepherd? Like a Doberman, yeah. And the Doberman literally just, like, yawned and walked away. <laughs> it's like, I don't have time for you right now, so... Yeah, Zelda one time at the park got in trouble with some Great Danes. She started barking at them, and they were just, like, galloping around. And they ended up, like sniffing at her while she was on her back still barking like crazy <laughs> so like she's trying to attack from yeah, her back so she, so that's fu and that's like the worst position to be in but the, <laughs> so these other great dans are like we're like yeah, they were just okay. sniffing her like what is this thing that's really What's funny. going on here <laughs> I, I i would like to have seen that that sounds really funny yeah zelda never backed down oh zelda's a cute so, uh, yeah they can also be a little bit stubborn known for that she have another video <laughs> show just how stubborn they can be so there's a, a, ah. This Pomeranian refuses to stop drinking from a coconut. Oh my lord. I don't know how they, the Pomeranian got on the counter. But he seems to run this house. Good lord. Can't slap him away. That's, okay, that's horrifying. <laughs> this dog is possessed. Oh my. Let's just give him a hat. That'll help. <laughs> oh 
That's terrifying. He's not going to stop drinking that coconut. No, I mean, good lord. He's like burying his teeth. And it's so funny. <laughs> Palms are so small, but they look vicious as hell. Oh, yeah. He's ready to attack. If oh, you tried to take that, he would bite up your arm. That's definitely tell. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, do you know if palms, if they bite, will they like hurt you or are they not strong I mean, enough? Probably not badly. I mean, it's probably like going to be a minimal dog bite since they're one of the smallest breeds. But, you know, they yeah. can obviously draw blood and, you know, they can get infected and all. Yikes. That's a very, I feel like that I mean, palm I've been bitten by some well. very small dogs, but, you know, they can still hurt. Yeah. I, luckily, our dogs never really bit at us. If they did, they did like the clamp down. And it was like, but then they would regret it immediately because they thought they were harming us. At least that's what Sydney and Wilson did. Moose is, I don't know what Moose would do. Mm. Moose doesn't really he bark. He just barks. Yeah. For those, yeah, for those of you listening. So um, Dylan's dog Zelda is a Pomeranian. Um, I grew up with beagles. I have one beagle now. His name's Wilson. He's 10. How's Zelda? Zelda's 13. Now. Wow. She's turning 14 this year the end of the year she doesn't look that old yeah no she looks like a puppy now yeah Her coat's coming in better yeah that's good that's a, yeah that's i feel like that's another thing that kind of plagues the palm is that they, yeah they can have coat problems but anyway so i had beagles growing up and then um my mom right now has a mini schnauzer yorkie mix i think whose name is moose and that dog is a the cutest little dog but my god it is very loud for its size oh, i can't call my mom without hearing that dog in the background <laughs> wilson meanwhile doesn't bark he just <laughs> sleeps so we have an, an, another video of a bit of a nightmare pomeranian this is oh. from a british tv show called uh it's me or the dog oh, but a british dog trainer the british have the best shows <laughs> they do the best reality shows certainly. oh yeah they Way find the best ours. human beings <laughs> maybe it's just funnier to see people with funny accents be dumb than see people in your own country i but. mean i feel like the problems that plague in british reality shows are actually like real things it's mm. not like american reality television shows i feel like they're also less dramatic so it's more entertaining americans are like no well then you have like <laughs> it's like okay this is a problem that's destroying my life i always liked like the great british baking show we're not sponsored by any of these programs by the way um the, uh, my cake is ruined oh no his cake is ruined oh i feel, I feel so, so bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally i'll go help like, him out even though i'm not done do you want to use some of my supplies i have a bit left here i'll cut my cake in half <laughs> it's so it's so soothing to watch anyway so this hey. is this is about dogs yeah. this podcast is about dogs uh, so this this video is called Monster Pomeranian. Yes. Teddy Pom Pom. Fluffy, they're cuddly. Firefighter, Martin risks life and limb. But even after an exhausting shift, he can't even get into his own bed. Martin does get a bit cross when Teddy sort of dominates the bedroom. Man now wants a, a younger dog in life. Perhaps that's what it is. I get a bit older and fat and perhaps when the younger dog. <laughs> Not content with hounding Martin out of the marital bed, Teddy adds insult to injury by urinating on his quilt, humping his wife, oh. and nibbling her knickers. This is okay. Wow. Drama in the good, house. Good lord. And nibbling her knickers. I believe a dog would do that. God, I, that's the worst, though, when a dog chews up your panties. Like, that's <laughs> the worst thing in the I world. I hate when that happens. I hate it. You know, Sydney, every time Sydney used to my other beagle, Sydney, who passed away a year ago when she was like younger, she if she got into the clean laundry, would chew up all of the delicate. Of course, the clean laundry. Yeah. I figured no. dogs are going into dirty laundry. No, Sydney liked clean laundry. It was really <laughs> like fabric softener. I think she I think it was because it was really warm. She mm. would hop in. But I mean, cats growing up, they would always take little socks like they were kittens. Just carry them around. Yeah, I didn't have a cat. I don't <laughs> like cats. I didn't have cats. I shouldn't say I don't like cats because all the cats I've met have been very nice. But I'm Nicer not a than cat person. Teddy Pom Pom, at least. Teddy Pom Pom. <laughs> we should name. We should name a dog. No, as bad as cats can be. Although <laughs> there's the cat from hell. Wait, what? I was gonna say like that's a great name for a pomeranian. Teddy Pom Pom. <laughs> Teddy Pom Pom. Oh yeah, name it after this. This excellent specimen. Good lord. And nibbling hernikas, <laughs> humping his wife. <laughs> So Teddy Pom Pom is crazy, but I would contend it's mostly this lady's fault. And there's another part of the video I could show you that might might show you why. Okay. What the hell is that gravel? 
Oh, it's food. <laughs> oh, God. The family are in the doghouse, whereas the pampered pooches get everything their hearts desire, including freshly cooked food twice daily. The usual meats that I use is sort of a free-flow, frozen-type beef, turkey or lamb. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I, I microwave You've never that seen a dog get with lamb. a little bit of water. Do you agree with these feeding methods no, or do you think it's a little over the no, top? No, I, I just think the dog ought to be ought to eat what was given to it. They eat, eat my I, dogs and I know what they like. Yeah, have. but either eat it or starve. Simple. No, it's not, Matt. Who the f do you think you are? Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, I can't be having that. You have no idea. You know the dog you can't won't eat. like that. Yes. I love what she added in this interview. Wesley, yeah. who do you think you are? Feeding your dog lamb in this podcast. Mi microwave lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Microwaved lamb. That's a new one. I think dogs should probably eat dog food. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, though, I will make an argument that feeding your dogs like a balance of meat that is not like fatty or over seasoned could be good for them. I'm Urinating not, on his quilt? I'm not sure, though, for... I mean, that might just depend on the breed. Humping his wife. That's another part of this show is just researching all that kind of stuff. But I do feel like... I for feel like getting your dog pure meat, though. My question was, what is free flow meat? Is that like what comes in a tube? I imagine she was just she just had like a big thing of meat and she would just throw in ground beef sometimes, <laughs> sometimes throw in some ground turkey, sometimes some ground lamb. And it's like most of the food in the house. Yikes. For the dogs. Everything's kibble. She does have a nice kitchen, though, when you look at her kitchen. Um, very nice <laughs> cabinetry, a nice stovetop. But... It's obviously all, it's all cooking for the dogs. Though. Obviously, these dogs run the household, though, because yeah, the family's in the dog. The family house. is in the dog house. You're eating on his quilt. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the dog trainer. She eventually. I, we didn't show the dog trainer in the video, but she came around and fixed him. Oh, that's good. Taught taught the lady that she can't treat her pomeranian like a baby, and let the let it run the house. Well, because. It's actually kind of smarter than a baby, even. And if you treat yeah. it like one, it'll start. It'll start to being a brat and making like it do one. things for. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we're going to talk about some common questions about Pomeranians. Ooh. Like the cost, which is about five hundred to a few thousand dollars, typically. That's a large range. Yeah, I but, feel like. Yeah, they can be more if they're like rare, or special ones with special lineage. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if they're coming from a show. Brie, or like yeah. show show dog like if that is its lineage you're probably gonna pay quite a bit yeah more. we got zelda for cheaper though craigslist she was oh. she was like a couple years old and oh i didn't know you didn't have her as a puppy <laughs> oh no she was i think a year and a half I mean, okay yeah pretty young still yeah the life expectancy is about 12 to 15 years that's pretty good yeah. it's that's one of the longest good. yeah small breeds are actually some of the longest living dogs i think chihuahuas live the longest chihuahuas have a very long lifespan i like well the one thing i think is interesting too is how <laughs> sorry <I had> to <laughs> good the one thing i think is interesting too is that small dogs uh, i wonder if it's because they don't have to really weather too many elements Mm. is that like their lifespan might be longer i feel like well also small dogs like if their knees go out or their hips go out you can just carry them up and down the stairs that's true no matter who you are i feel like i see i see people carrying them all the time anyway oh yeah of course just because i have to carry chihuahuas sometimes because they're so stubborn <laughs> <laughs> so uh so pomeranians uh 12 to 15 years. Yep. Zelda's about 13 now. Zelda's 13. So. And she, uh, she's gone through a lot with her, with her hair. Okay. Grooming is a particularly fraught thing with Pomeranians. That's one thing that I think I remember. Like when I met Zelda, I remember your sister saying that they were trying to get her coat to like grow fuller. Yeah. She'd lost hair gradually over the years. Yeah. And her coat became much thinner. And I actually talked to Delaney who owns Zelda now. She has her. Uh-huh. Back in uh, back in Worcester, where I grew up. Nice. I mean, that conversation here I yep. had with her yesterday. Yeah, the grooming is a negative, I'd say. Zelda hmm. has never liked being brushed, um, as you may remember from when you lived with her as yeah. we were teenagers. Um, she still doesn't like being brushed. We've been keeping her fur a little shorter. I'm planning on bringing. I think I want to start taking her to the groomer more regularly once it opens back up in yeah. Massachusetts. Um, because I don't know, it's like in her old, well, cause it also started with the skin issue. 
I guess skin issues are fairly common in Pomeranians. Hmm. And then it started causing her to lose her fur, which then, as she was losing the fur, it would create more mats. So it's sort of been like the cycle of her fur will grow back, but then it irritates her skin, and then her fur grows falls out, and then it goes into mats, and then, like... But it's been getting... So the anti... uh, It's been getting better, like, last few years, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it has been. So we sort of... That's when we started doing vinegar baths and keeping our hair short. And then in the last eight weeks, we've been... No, February, we got her the first anti-itch. I guess it's an allergen shot, technically. Um, And then she, like, stopped chewing at her paws. She stopped scratching all the time. Like, Mm. she was much more chill. And then in the last few weeks, started up again. And that was just when she was due for her rabies vaccine anyway. So I talked to the vet, and they just... Um, gave her another one and I'm going to try to keep up with it so that way so I'm hoping I mean I don't know if it was an allergy issue but it seems you know it seems to make mm-hmm. her much more comfortable mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that if I can keep up with that and not like get it you know try to get it before she starts itching again that it'll help her fur sort of stay nicer and then combine that with maybe grooming once the, the once the salons are open again. Yeah, maybe she wouldn't hate getting brushed so much, too, if her skin was better. That might be. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was wondering if it's like, like if she had hives all the time, of course it's painful to be brushed. Mm. So Zelda's been through a lot uh, dealing with her coat. Goodness, it sounds like. So yeah. are the are the sound effects you're doing like approval, disapproval? <laughs> yeah, it's just Zelda's disapproval of being brushed and groomed. <laughs> just wondering. So yeah, a common health problem with Pomeranians is severe hair loss syndrome. Ow. Yeah. That just doesn't that just doesn't sound pleasant in any way. Yeah, a lot of just general problems with the coat. I, mean, I think it's just, you know, the skin or the hair just falls out and the skin becomes more bare. I suppose. Parts. Well, and that's I feel like a, a, th- a thing that happens a lot as dogs get older anyway is their mm. coat starts to sort of shed more and more. As, as opposed to when they were, you know, young. Although, yeah. has Zelda dealt with this? I mean, you may have said this already, but has Zelda dealt with this, like, since you've gotten her, like, your family got her? Uh, well, she was only a year and a half, so it, I think it happened gradually over the years. Like, her coat became tangled, and like Delaney said, like, matted, and just hair started falling out. Sure. So I guess, you know, Delaney started giving her vinegar baths. And... Ugh. <laughs> that does not sound <laughs> fun at all. Well, apparently it's what helped the last few years, right? That's hey, vinegar is always the one that bathed Zelda when you know we were kids. Anyway, for sure, she would always get smelly. <laughs> I feel like that is another plight of a long-haired dog. It's is true. there is is kind of that constant need for grooming, especially a small dog. Do you think um, there's any necessity? Do you think there is a necessity for professional grooming with a palm? Uh yeah, okay. yeah. I asked Delaney if uh, she's ever tried to groom at home. And actually, we did try to groom Zelda a couple times at home, and I think that was one of the problems with the hair also. Yeah. We cut it too short one time. Ah, I see. See, that's to be the very thing. careful. And that's one thing I always kind of think about with small dogs, especially dogs like Palms, is that, you know, it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a um, price commitment as far as getting them yeah. groomed properly. Because it, it does yeah, contribute they recommend to their overall health. You get them groomed like once every month or two. Okay. Maybe that's, three That's months. pretty fair. I feel like... Any dog, I say once a month would would sound perfectly fine. To oh yeah, me. definitely bathe more often than that. Oh yeah, for just sure. Trims like yeah, a couple months. And then, uh, Pomeranians have a few other common health problems, like a hypoglycemia. Okay. Keep some honey around for them if you if they do. Oh, I've never heard of that before. That's a good trick. Can, uh, they can suffer from tracheal collapse, which is common in smaller dogs. Oh we. So just does that breathing troubles? Okay, I was going to say make weird noises. Will that affect? I figured that would just maybe affect like their bark, but I suppose that would affect their breathing. As oh well. yeah, breathing would be biggest mm. concern. And uh, cataracts, which are common in all dogs, really, yeah. especially yeah. older dogs. Oh yeah. And then luxating patella, which are knee problems. Mm. Which Zelda struggles with some knee problems. I always feel like though with small dogs, their kneecaps are so like where their knees are so small yeah. and so delicate. I mean. It, to me, it's like bird bones. It's like they're just so intricate in how they are. Yeah, you have so to be small. careful with them, like when you pick them up, too. Uh huh. And make sure I know their legs are maneuvered right. D- Zelda doesn't like being picked up, right? No, not as much. Well, 
She likes being picked up for a second, but she doesn't like being held or like sure. being a lap dog as much. Yeah, I know. And with the with knees, I feel I feel like that's a common thing with other dogs that kind of have the short, teeny tiny legs, like palms. Frenchies probably would have mm, yeah. a similar problem to that. But um, luckily, though, I think is Luxating Patella treatable? Uh, I'm not sure. I wonder if there's probably like a way to correct it maybe or maybe just like solve it i'm not them. sure i think it's in the bones though. okay patella is like the knee bone yeah uh, it's all cr- it's all cringy oh goodness <laughs> i don't like thinking about dogs with that kind of stuff it's just like the worst thought yeah well a lot of problems yeah unfortunately That's why they're veterinarians mm. why you oh, get yes. dog health insurance very important actually i feel like that's something that we never really did Where's Dog Obamacare? Obama. Dog Obamacare. Where's Bo Obamacare? Dog Biden care. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't have a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another common question is, are they hypoallergenic? Which we have our Pomeranian expert weigh in on once again. Oh, no. Lice. Another thing is Pomeranians are not hypoallergenic. So if you are allergic to animal dander or any kind of animal hair, you will be allergic to Pomeranians. I personally am allergic to Pomeranians. And, um, well, I'm allergic to animals. So I have to deal with uh, the occasional rash that'll break out on my arm. That's a really bad rash. It's okay, though, because I love him so much. I I think the rash is in his throat. I think the rash is like Satan. It's not all the time. Just sometimes I'll wake Any up. Ra- and I'll oh, on the rant. screen. So this is the guy that had the ten potatoes comparison again. Ten potatoes. Thank you. Uh, and it's so funny. On his screen, he says, "Any recommendations for rash creams?" And I'm like, "Well, the video is called <laughs> I wasn't ready for a teacup Pomeranian.' So maybe he wasn't ready. I guess he was not ready because he's he's I allergic mean, to animals. Just go to Walgreens, dude. They've got all kinds of rash creams. But he wants recommendations." I suppose. He seems like a good Pomeranian. He wasn't ready, but he's got he's getting ready. <laughs> Jesus. Now talk about who shouldn't own a Pomeranian. Oh, no. Is this another video? Yes, it's another video. Oh, oh no. Ugh. It's okay if you're Pomeranian. <laughs> I don't work, and I especially don't work for free. And when I got my Pomeranian, it just felt like work. It just became too much. And I realized... I wanted to put all that effort into a relationship. And it's just not the ideal environment. Maybe you meet someone. Maybe you decide to have kids. It's not a lifetime (laughs) commitment. It's okay to get rid of a dog. It's not forever. Maybe say you bought a black Pomeranian and you always wear black and it's just gonna blend in with every outfit. Then you don't need a black Pomeranian. It's okay to get rid of it. it. I'm tired of the backlash. I feel like Oh my god, I didn't realize when I bought this dog, it matches my clothes. This... <laughs> Gotta get rid of it. Oh my gosh. If if one of your main goals for having a dog is for it to match your clothes, maybe like... Don't get a dog. Get dude. a hat. Get a yeah. scarf. Get an afghan. How dumb is this dog? Oh gosh. I don't work. According to canine <laughs> psychologist Stephen Corrin, Pomeranians are classified as bright dogs. Okay. In a study he conducted on over 100 dog breeds. Mm-hmm. So Pomeranians are two classes above the average dog's intelligence class. So just how much smarter are Poms? So in other words, they're twice as smart as other dogs. Oh, yes. They're about twice as smart as other dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> other dogs can learn things in about 25 to 40 repetitions. Uh-huh. The average dog. Pomeranians takes like 15-ish, I guess. Oh. They're about twice as fast. 15 to 20. Okay. So that's that's pretty... I feel like that's very telling, though, of their uh, habit of being a show dog. and Yeah. Like, it's really like the best way that we can measure their intelligence. Yeah. Like, and then like just for everyone out there, too. So there are going to be a lot of these type of intelligence tests on future episodes. I think we might reference Stephen Corns a lot specifically. Yeah. And so, he also had a list of the hundred smartest. He may he listed each dog individually. And Pomeranians came up number 27. 27 out of 100. Yes. OK. And then he That's also had a good. He also had 20 least intelligent breeds that were additional to the list. So there's at least 120 he listed. OK. And there's a few of the small dogs we're doing. Later this season that are on the 20 least intelligent. 
Yes, but we're going to vouch dumbest. for them on this show because not all dogs can be measured the same way. But for the sake of having any kind of measurement for gauging how smart a dog is, this is probably the best that I've read about as far as just like teaching them repetition and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even gauging human intelligence can be iffy. <laughs> but we have a video showing just how intelligent Pomeranians can be. Human intelligence can be iffy. Not this guy. I don't work. Hi, so in the this opposite. Is Dick Louis the Fifth, a five and a half year old Pomeranian with a lot of tricks mm. up his paw. We hope you enjoy his performance. Here he is. So this is a white palm who's sitting, oh, spinning, spinning, getting eating. A treat. <laughs> Very smart to get a treat. Ooh. <laughs> Double high five. And a, standing high five in between the legs. Figure back and eights. Forth. In the bed, outside for some reason. And in the under the in the hoops of the arms. Walking between the legs. Wow! As they walk, that's fancy. That's very fancy. If I saw someone do that at a dog show, I'd be like, "Give it to them." Now that they she, always uh, just have the dog walk beside the owner's them. Owner's walking, and the palm is like running circles around her. Impressive. Okay, okay. Then, so treats on the paws. Oh, this is inside stuff. Here's a competition. Where's the outdoor one? There he is, running between poles. It's different. There we go. There he is. <laughs> so hop in the pole. In the weird tent thing from gym class. <laughs> this is very, very cute. See, award winning. Award winning. Pomeranians can be extremely intelligent. Learn any trick, basically. Any other dog can learn. Can do those agility courses, which is a real test of intelligence. Yeah, I, that's that's something that I, I I don't see too many too much on the dogs that I chose for this mm. season. But yeah, you need to be agile too. Yeah, none of my I dogs see a are basset agile. hounds <laughs> running through that. Well, uh, basset hound. I don't like basset hounds actually. I think they're droopy. They can be cute, but extremely droopy. I, I'm more of a beagle or or like. I think they bred them hounds. to droop. I don't know what else a basset hound. They bred to them be. to drool. <laughs> Although my friend had just a, have a dog that drags across the ground. We my friend in high school had a great basset hound. Though. I walk a great basset hound. Yeah. She's very old too. Yeah, oh yeah. I feel like they they're born old. I, yeah, that's accurate. So anyway, how do we know certain dogs are more intelligent than others, though? Because really, all we can tell is like how well they do tricks, right? And, you know, when you say one dog is dumb, people will be like, well, you know, you don't really know that. But at the same time, everyone can agree that Border Collies are more intelligent. It's I, just so clear. Well, yeah, they're the most intelligent. But all other dog breeds, it's like kind of made up. I feel like dogs carry intelligence in like a lot of different ways. There's not like one set specific thing of just because a dog can do tricks means that it's smart. There are a lot of dogs that were, you know, I think they're bred to just be loyal pets. Like, they weren't oh, bred yeah. for a purpose, necessarily. Probably Border Collies stand out so much because, I don't know, whatever they were bred for probably had to do with learning things. I think... Are, are they herding dogs? I think so. I think so. The other thing... That's a like thing. Clever. Yeah, you have to... Yeah, Border Collies have to be able to uh, be aggressively herd larger animals. Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen videos of paths to... Border Collies, and oh, it's yeah. intense. Like, like, watching, like, how they herd things from above, like drone footage. Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. And it's funny too because a lot of that a lot of that is instinctual because owners will have the border collies pups oh, yeah. with them so that way they can watch their parents. Oh yeah, I think I've seen working. pups learning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean Very that's cute. but that's an occupational thing though too. I mean Pomeranians aren't occupational, so it just changes the whole view yeah, of the what occupation of being is. cute. They were basically bred to be smaller and smaller. Yeah, and be and hang out with royalty. Pretty much. It's a pretty good life. I mean, if they're good at it, then they're intelligent for their own world, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. They're pretty Get, talented at getting small. Well, and I feel like the other thing I think about with intelligence in particular is every dog has a personality. Like, it's not... Yeah. Pomeranians are known for having big personalities, Yeah, too. I mean, they're they're very funny, and they, they like to entertain. Yeah. It's what they're around for. Yeah. They're always ready. <laughs> so, uh, next, we're going to talk about notable Pomeranians in pop culture and history. Ooh, my favorite part. The one you mentioned earlier was Boo. Boo, yes. The world's most adorable dog, or Boo, the cutest dog in the world. Yes. He was very famous. A few years back, he died, unfortunately. Aww. He had a few books. My sister had one of the books. That's cool. I know. 
but uh, there was some controversy recently surrounding Boo. Apparently, The Atlantic posted an article, The Unsettling Truth About the World's Most Adorable Dog. Oh, no. Basically, Boo's owner worked at Facebook in the early years of Facebook, and like to this day, maybe, or at least till recently. Sure. And uh, there's some controversy about how Boo got viral. <laughs> like, they gamed the system or something. Well, I mean... But look at Boo. I mean... I mean... I don't think, though, I feel like, yeah, if that's a thing... I think Boo's thing, level of adorableness speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, Boo was adored by people who don't even like palms. Like, and it, I don't think... I mean, sure, if it was a Facebook vehicle, cool. But whatever. It's in the past. But at the same time, it, uh, the dog remained very popular afterwards. And, and Clearly had legs. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it, the same could be argued that that's how really any breed became popular is just like working the the marketing system for it not a lot of people know queen victoria worked at myspace <laughs> game the system we got pomeranians went viral oh man back in the day <laughs> so another famous pomeranian we know is uh chester drescher oh fran drescher's palm fran drescher's pomeranian we're big fran drescher fans in this house you hey, I... got me watching the nanny in quarantine it's a pretty oh good show. man it's, it's a oh it's a great sitcom. show i love fran drescher no she had her pomeranian in the show Oh, this is the scene. Oh, this is the very oh, yes. first scene. This is Chester's introduction. <laughs> an engagement dog? I, I beg your pardon? What an engaging dog! <laughs> oh, Maxwell. Ten How potatoes. Buffy <laughs> <laughs> and a good judge of character. <laughs> Well, if you need some time some to get dog used acting. to it, you can't expect acting. a dog to just jump into your arms and love you at first sight. Mr. Sheffield! Oh, you got a rope coffee? Oh, how sweet! Oh, look <laughs> So much more they expect dogs to do in any other show. Oh, look, I know. Like Usually it's just you one cut of a dog Chester. sitting there. If you don't mind, he's my dog. I'll name you. Immediately. <laughs> Chester it is. Chester it is. <laughs> That was Fran Drescher's dog that she was. She came into the scene afterwards. Can, can we take a moment to appreciate Fran Drescher's outfit in this scene? <laughs> She's wearing. So this is the very first scene Chester shows up, and it's in the nanny. I think it's the first or second season. Oh yeah, it's season one. It's yeah. one of the early episodes. So see, Mr. Sheffield gives Cece a, a dog, <laughs> and it's Fran Drescher's dog Chester. But Fran Drescher is wearing black hose, a black pencil skirt. Uh, a white blouse that has like big ruffles on the sleeves and then a multicolored striped vest with heels and big hair. This is the look the that 90s colors. It is. Best. It's very Today. 90s colored. Yeah. But I mean, my goodness, the fashion on that show is just like the impeccable. Not, and also <laughs> we're not sponsored by the nanny or Fran Drescher, <laughs> but we could be maybe one day, maybe one day. So uh, other, ce other celebrities that have owned Pomeranians, Include this a long list. Keanu Reeves, Elvis Presley, Sharon Osbourne, Gwen Stefani, David Hasselhoff, Liza Minnelli, Britney Spears, Jessica Alba, and Carrot Top, who had a Pomeranian named Jessica Alba. Of course he did. And I feel like this list was made in like 2004. It's, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It's a lot of... Well, people I just mean, don't get Pomeranians as much anymore. I don't, maybe just celebrities don't get palms as maybe much. Maybe they just anymore. don't make celebrity dog websites as much anymore. You know, I I don't know. Maybe Lauren is interested in who Carrot Top has. Well, maybe not who. <laughs> what breed now. Carrot Top has? <laughs> <laughs> who does Carrot Top own? No goodness. What kind of dog? What's in that trunk? That's a lot of celebrities, though, to really like that dog. I mean, and it makes sense. A lot of the celebrities, I feel like they would have that kind of. I knew Gwen Stefani had a palm. Oh, yeah. It's very. I've been a big Gwen Stefani fan for a long time. It's very lu luxury dog, kind of. I don't work. <laughs> <laughs> so. So. What have we learned? Well, I would say that I've learned that the Pomeranian has a lot to. Well, I mean, a lot more that it can do than just like sit and be fluffy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, stand up. To me, it's always the Pomeranian's kind of like the old lady dog that will like nip at you, 
if yeah. you try to go to pet it or like growl at you. Yeah, but... it's like the dog you see what Paris Hilton holding up, although she had a chihuahua. She had a chihuahua. Like whoever. Was... But still, it's like a mini dog that people yeah. would have. Just holds and like be next to their fancy purse or in their fancy purse. I mean, I, I guess the only thing that I would that would keep me from getting it would be knowing a palm's loyalty. Like I, that's a big thing to me with a dog because some dogs will kind of wander and do their own thing. But I feel like palms have a very like they stick by their people. They oh, like they do, to be yeah. around people. Um, They're also very open to new people generally. Yeah. Like when we got Zelda, we got her from another family and she was very just open to us immediately. That's good. <laughs> well, and I, I think, too, it's a good choice to have in an apartment. Oh, yeah. Just definitely. because of the sheer tiny size. Oh, yeah. They enjoy running around, too, but. Even they're so tiny, they could run around this apartment. It'd be a mansion for them. Plus, yeah. we don't have stairs, which is helpful. Oh, yeah. So Just a couple. Yeah, just a few. But no, I mean, I think palms are definitely a good contender for being like an apartment dog that yeah. can be for a family or for someone by themselves. Like, just really, there's a lot of options. Yeah, I think they're often underestimated, too. Just... You know, where they came from, what they can do, really. Yeah. How intelligent they are, what, you know. I Yeah, I guess I didn't expect them to really know how to do a whole lot. Yeah. Either, I, can, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you can get your Pomeranian to play fetch. You can get them to fetch your slippers for you. You can teach them to do things. Yeah. I think they like to be active and engaged. I, I feel like they're the type of dog that really likes to please their people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Even if they're just looking cute, they need it. They need the approval. Oh, yeah. We always told Zelda she's very good at looking cute. You're doing a great job today. <laughs> You're doing a great job at being cute today. <laughs> and she was. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely learned a lot about palms today. And I mean, I, I really think that it could be a dog that I might be willing to get. Uh, so we have to get one? I don't say we. I so we're going to the pound right now? No. Let's go. I got my keys. No. Get, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I feel they like. I probably don't have a palm at the pound right now. I mean, I don't think any art. I mean, it's a bad. I don't know if it's a good time to go. <laughs> Ever. We're, we're still at the stay home. But I mean, I think palms would definitely be a good choice to have for a dog that would be quiet. You know, good for. Yeah. The well, size they're, not, we have. they're not known for being quiet. But Well, they're not like howly barkers that's like true i guess to... if if your dog's gonna bark it's gonna be a relatively quiet bark sure it's a it's like a yippy bark it's okay <laughs> well 10 potatoes i don't have to carry a weight heavier than 10 potatoes either that's, Never. that's very good it's really good and you can carry your potatoes home with the pomeranians be totally even <laughs> just imagining them like on a, a basket like two <laughs> baskets i'm on my shoulders put it all on a basket on your head well so we're going to get a Pomeranian? Maybe. Definitely. I say yes. I'd say if we were to get a Pomeranian, I would agree to get we're going a Pomeranian. We're going to get this many Pomeranians? How many Pom... I mean... <laughs> this the one. The one she has, yes. Maybe oh, the other. Oh, good lord. That There's a cat in there. Did you ever notice that? Oh, There's that a cat. cat. This cat's like, God, God, I just need to get out. It never <laughs> ends. <laughs> Everywhere I turn. Poor cat. I yeah, mean, my cats hated the pop. Hated Zelda. No, oh, man. Oh, the black ones. The black ones. Oh, the little one has a ball. <laughs> so it's decided. We're definitely getting Pomeranians. It's show a, over. It shows Retiring. over. No. Uh, oh. Y'all, you can join us here soon for the next episode that we're going to be doing for we're yes. getting a dog and join uh, us to look out for the pomeranian we'll definitely be getting <laughs> be on the show maybe <laughs> uh we're hoping to do this every have a new episode every couple of weeks yes um so we will see you all in two weeks with a new episode bye thanks for listening bye, everyone. thank you so much remember uh YouTuber. to talk about us tell your friends tell your mom tell your dad tell your dog yes, find our videos on youtube find our podcast of just the vocals yeah if you want to just listen to the audio it, we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify uh Really, anywhere you stream. Also, we're getting a dog.com, and you can watch these podcasts on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening today. Right, thank uh, you. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.
Hi there, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and I make good food. I also have bad friends, but bad in a good way. On Good Food for Bad Friends, I'll have a different guest on each episode to learn all about their history with food. We'll talk about anything from the foods of their childhood to the deep-rooted culinary traditions that they've incorporated into their everyday lives. Along with each episode, one or two recipes will be released to you through our website. These recipes are researched, adapted, and tested by me, and they're inspired by the conversations I have with each guest. I hope you subscribe and tune in as I talk with all the different people in my life about their experiences with food. Available everywhere from the Arcadia Podcast Network.